Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners podcast. Um, I'm Brad, joined by Matt this week. How's it going, Hi, Matt. Matt? I'm doing, yeah, it's good. I didn't call uh, you Shad, did I? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're down a man because uh, Shad decided to have a child instead of uh, do the podcast tonight. So <laughs> I know. Uh, congrats to him, he and his wife. Uh, maybe the baby's here yet. I don't know. I, I it's, didn't check his it's Facebook. It's 8.40. Yeah, he might be in the thick of it right now. It's 8.43 yeah. uh, while we're recording this right now. So uh, there's going to be... It's it's exciting. There's going to be another listener <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah. At least in the uh, Shad household. So congrats that, to him. He's at that scary point where the children, where they no longer outnumber their children. <laughs> yeah, now it's even. Yeah, but I think... <laughs> Go ahead. My, my, my cousin had to... And like had her second... Has had two. But like the first one, you know, they're all worried and everything... Yeah. You know, they're taking all this precaution and the second one comes and they're just like, ah, we didn't kill the first one. And they're much yeah. more relaxed uh, about we, it. Yeah, we're doing something right. Like, oh, yeah, they can. You kind of figure it all out with the first one. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, they can fall and crack their head open. They'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, they're stronger than they look. Yeah, just a little rubbing alcohol. All good. Yeah. So um, what that means for the show is um, he might be a little in and out for a couple weeks. Uh, we don't know. Um, he will be on next week's show because what happened is last week we were supposed to do Halloween Havoc 95. And of course, um, the big Roman Reigns news happened. So next week is going to be Halloween Havoc 95, which a little late for Halloween, but um, not a big deal. Still be good. It was a it was a good episode that we we crafted. Um, and I love Halloween, so I'm happy to extend Halloween yet one more week. Yes. And um. I did watch, I watched the first Halloween over the weekend, and then I watched Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, we're going to have a more of a conversation about those movies next week, just in how much we like them. But I have to say, um, my takeaway is I still like Friday the 13th better, but Halloween is probably a better crafted movie than, well, at least Friday the 13th Part 2. The, the first one? Like yeah, the very first, first movies in the... No, the first I, movies in the franchise? No, I watched part two for uh, Friday the 13th just because I wanted mm. Jason. Yeah. But part two is interesting because he doesn't have really the hockey mask. No, he just has like the basically like a sack over his head, right? Yeah, and he uses a pitchfork for most of the movie. Yeah, I think they didn't know where they want to go with that. But then yeah. they put the hockey mask on him in three and it just like took off. Yeah. But man, uh, I, forgot, I forgot in the first Halloween, like... Um, Myers fucks Jamie Lee Curtis up really bad, really quick. Cause she goes over that banister, mm. like right on her leg. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Well, she's in bad shape. Yeah. It's a, my wife and I actually watched that not that long ago. And then it was, it's, it's actually a well done movie. It's, it's kind of dated at this point, but it's still like atmospheric. It's still kind of scary. It, it's, that's really well done. And we actually just, we just saw the, uh, the new movie Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. um, which I actually liked a lot. They, they go ahead. I, I haven't seen, I think I might've seen Rob zombies version. Oh yeah. This was way better than that. But um, I like Rob zombie, but in true Rob zombie fashion, it's basically uh, the reason why Mike Myers is killing. It's because he's just, you know, like a crazy hillbilly. I don't, Cause every, every Rob zombie character is a crazy hillbilly. 
I think he's an overrated director, personally. There's only one I really liked, and I don't even remember which one that was. Devil's Rejects? Yes, Devil Rejects. De- Devil's Rejects is a legit great movie, in my opinion. Like, yeah. he, however, whatever talent you think he may have, he was able to, to at least do one, like, very well done movie. Yeah, because, remember, he hyped the, he hyped the living crap out of House of a Thousand <clears throat> Corpses, and that movie was not good. It was not good at all. Um and Devil's Reject was actually really good. And then he's done, I haven't seen all the movies he's done, but um, the Halloween movies were okay. I think he had, visually, I think he has some talent. I just think he he probably would be better served if he had like a collaborator who can he's, kind of rein, rein him in. He's like George Lucas. He needs someone to do like the, the character work. Yeah. And make like some of the harder decisions and like kind of let him free float and like be the big picture guy yeah i would agree uh but i did like the the new halloween movie i actually thought mike myers in it they the reason why it was good um they basically retcon all the all the movies past the very first one Mm -hmm. which is fine because the series kind of got really weird and cheesy and hokey but uh the way i think it works is because they don't make any like He's not like a, they're not playing it for last. It's not like, here's this funny death scene that he's going to do. How is he going to creatively kill this person? It's not any of that. It's just, he is a deranged, like evil psychopath who is obsessed with killing Jamie Lee Curtis and her family and just, just brutally murders people throughout the film. I mean, like graphically violent. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in this one? She is. Oh, okay. And, that ups my interest yeah. quite a bit. And like in terms of the plot, like it logically makes sense. She's not. If you want me to, I'll, I'll spoilers. I guess spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, but I'll give you this much, like because this is much as in like the, like Trailer. the promotional. Yeah, the promotional material. Like she's not. They've retconned the fact of her being related to him, okay. which. That makes sense because yeah in the first movie she wasn't she was just like some random teenager that he became obsessed with yeah uh so they've set it up where she's she's still you know she, they're not related but he's still like obsessed with her 40 years later and her entire life uh she's basically had kind of like ptsd but mm-hmm. has been training to like take him on because she was convinced that he would eventually escape and oh, of course okay. he does so but kind- it's they kind of did like the new nightmare thing with um, I'm gonna say her name wrong. Jennifer Langenkamp or Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, they kind of did that. Um, and it was it, it makes sense to me. It was made sense. I mean, it's not it's not gonna be like you know Schindler's List. It's not gonna be like a, this yeah. a classic movie. But I actually thought uh, it's it's a well done horror film. It was pretty good. And it's uh, I can see why it's making just a like ungodly amount of money at the box office. It's well done. And um, speaking of another well done horror movie that I also uh, put in this weekend, uh, I also watched The uh, Shining. Oh, The Shining is great. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen King doesn't like that version, which I mean, I guess because it's not. If you it's read not, the book, it, if you read the mm-hmm. book, um, they're very different, and I think the yeah, book is better in a lot of ways. But if you if you treat them as two separate um, pieces of media. Like they have no mm. relation to each other; they just share a name. They're both good in their own ways. I I, I love both. I think the book is really good. He, he, uh, Kubrick, I guess, 
you're right. The best way to to just view them is just as separate entities that the movie is more inspired by the yeah. book than it is uh, more an ad- a true adaptation. But because the book, the book really deals in like it's really an internal look at like um, Jack's struggle and like his mm-hmm. alcoholism. And you really in the movie you don't really ever root for him, but in the book, like. He's not a likable person, but he's a person that's trying. Mm-hmm. And when he starts like to fall, you're just kind of like, "No, come on, you're doing like so good." Like you've read yeah. the book, right? Yeah, and and there's a there's a great piece at the end where he, I mean, he's been kind of possessed and mind washed by the the ghosts or whatever evil entity is possessing the hotel. And at the very end, he kind of comes to his senses a bit, but then he succumbs to it again. And that yeah. that's played. That's a really good dramatic piece uh, that Stephen King threw in at the end where hey, you're right. You, you're kind of, you become emotionally invested in him. You want to see him yeah. overcome it and he can't, but that's also, you know, a good allegory for what King was trying to write. Cause I think much of like his earlier work was about addiction and yeah, when substance he gets abuse. Into that, it gets bad. Yeah. But, but I, the most heartbreaking, I think scene in the book is he was in a phone booth for some reason and he lines the Excedrin up, which when he mm. was an alcoholic, he would chew them. And you're yeah. just like, oh shit, we're, you know, we're going into bad territory. Yeah. And, and That's the most, a good choice. Go ahead. And the most terrifying scene from the book, which I wish was in the movie, is when um, Danny's under the snow and the topiary rabbit attacks him. Oh, Yeah. Stephen King is a damn good writer. Yeah, I feel like his later his later stuff is not that great, but no. Uh, that's a good. That's a really good movie to choose. And I, I only watch I watch horror movies like all the time myself. Yeah. but my wife does not want to participate except for Halloween. Yeah, that's so we've the way watched my a few. Is. Yeah, we've watched a few. And I've been watching. Um, ha- I'm only halfway through, but uh, Haunting at Hill House on netflix how is that it's really I good. actually i've heard great things about it and i actually intend to start watching it in like maybe like it's, a next week or so because i've heard nothing but good things it's not scary except for like the first episode's a little creepy and and mm-hmm. granted i'm only halfway through I, I haven't really been scared by it but like the the depth that goes into like the characters lives is really good oh good yeah i want to check that out yeah so um, let's get into our social media thing since we had our our Halloween talk. Yeah, well, people got a little Halloween on yeah. the week of Halloween. Get- <laughs> and then we'll have Halloween Havoc next week for yeah. you people. And um, do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters where you live? Uh, I live currently in an apartment complex, so none uh-huh. um, in, in the heart of D.C. But if, if I... I technically own a house that needs to be renovated so if i was there uh there's a decent amount but in the dc area depends upon where you go there's i have friends who who live in the outskirts and they have a ton of kids i know one uh one couple who has like a young daughter uh they have they said they had like 70 kids or something i'm like that's tremendously large it's a huge number of kids coming by we had it's died down because the weather's been bad for like the last 10 years, so our numbers. But when we first moved into the house we live in, we were getting like 300 kids. Whoa. Well, see, what happens is, so we live in like, we live in like a more working class area, but it's 
it's not like there's not like crime or anything but so mm-hmm. but we live like we live like across a lake from like a ghettoy area so a lot of those people <laughs> come over to this area because people are actually giving out candy and you know they it's safe to be out and stuff so we get yeah. a lot of people that drive over for that so well, it I, I wouldn't a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. But that's that's a tremendous I've never at any point like when I was a kid trick or treating or as an adult like maybe helping my my parents uh give out candy. Like I've never seen that many kids. It's 300. That's that's huge. It's about it's, it's sometimes we only have to get out one or two pieces and we're talking mm-hmm. we we sometimes had to get into triple digits to have enough like candy monetarily. Wow. Yeah. What uh, what lot. sort of candies do you give away? It's it very important from question. Well, you know, the weird thing is we always pick wrong. The kids always want the nerds, so we get a lot of nerds because they'll pick that over chocolate, which kind of surprises me. Huh. Yeah. See, I don't – I like chocolate, but I'm not, like, a, a huge chocolate person. I'll eat – like, I'll eat – the little snack size candy bars, if we have them for Halloween, or like I just happen to buy them around Halloween time. Yeah. But that's like it. Like I don't normally just eat chocolate or eat candy bars. But and we nerds have, is always a good choice. And we have to strategically pick things that we won't be tempted to get into. Like if 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 we get something with Butterfinger in it, like I will be, they will be gone by the time. Butterfinger favorite candy bar of all time. We need to let's let's um let's. <laughs> let's put a bookmark on this because I feel like uh, ranking candies or discussing candies is a good uh, future uh, yeah. bag of holding <laughs> topic. Yeah. I will say of the new candies, the Reese's cups with Reese's pieces in them are amazing. I've not had those yet. They're really good. They, you would think like on, on the surface you would think uh, they might not work, uh, but it's really good in practice. Cool. Yeah, so, I haven't tried those. So hold yet. on, hold on one second. Uh, my wife entered the room. Come near the mic for a minute. What did you think of the <laughs> Becky Lynch Charlotte match? Just we haven't got to it yet, but that's the one you watched. I mean, I watched one after too, but that was the best female match I've seen outside of the Japanese wrestling that you showed me, and it definitely overshadowed the last match they had with Ronda. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. We're gonna we're gonna just go in depth to this uh, pay per view, match by match. But I would not disagree yeah. with that statement. That's a uh, that's a very fair assessment. She um I also made her watch the Tony Storm Hiroyo Matsumoto match, mm-hmm. and we were about six minutes into it, and she was like, um, "Why can't Matsumoto wrestle Ronda? I want to see that match." And oh, I'm like, she's not that under would contract. be good. And she's like, really? Like, nope. And she's like, why is she in the tournament? Because they asked outsiders to come in. That, uh, I actually want to see that match now. So I didn't even contemplate that match, but. So before we get into it, let's hit the social media thing. <laughs> That's uh, right. We've had, we've had the, yeah. the pre-show going on. Okay. You can follow us um, on Twitter. It's Podcast Four Corners. Yeah, uh, at uh, podcast four corners that's the capital p the number four podcast four corners all one word uh and i was uh, i was trying to do some live tweeting during uh, evolution uh occasionally i'll try and do that when we have uh, pay-per-views coming up but uh, everyone please follow us 
you know, talk talk to us. We love to hear from you guys about uh, how we're doing on the podcast, just about wrestling in general, all that good stuff. You can also like us on Facebook, uh, Four Corners Podcast. That is the number Four Corners as one word podcast. I think we're also on Instagram as Four Corners Podcast. You can email us pitpodcast25 at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review because if we hit a couple of those, it exposes us like to more people. And I think we're also on uh, Google Play Music as Four Corners Podcast and Stitcher. So, oh, we're on Stitcher too. Yeah, I don't... I've never used Stitcher, but um, we get listens on there. So I, I guess it's a thing. Cool. I'm glad you. Um, I'm glad you threw out the Google Play because uh, I I know someone who that's how they listen, um, yeah. on Google Play. So I, uh, I'll give a shout out to him. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Mike G, uh, way out in L.A. He uh, he he listens to us uh, off Google Play. Okay, and um, mm-hmm. if if you're listening to this and we and you, we're not on a platform that you want us on, uh. Just shout out to Matt on Twitter and mm-hmm. tell him what it is and how to get on there, and I will get us on there. Absolutely. And also, we have our typical uh, shout out, Matt. That would be to Epico Cologne. Um, I'm not sure if Epico watched uh, WWE Evolution, but I'm sure he did. Uh, and I'm sure he supports the women's, the first women's pay-per-view of all time. Or, or maybe not the first of all time, but the first WWE women's only pay-per-view of all time. Yeah. So I, I wanted to hit a couple of quick uh, hotshot topics before we got into the pay-per-view. Um, sure. So we kind of missed two deaths uh, recently, which was uh, Don Leo Jonathan and Dirty Dick Slater. Um, I just saw Dick Slater like 20 minutes ago. I don't know how I missed that one. Oh, that happened, I think. About a week ago, la- I think. Yeah, in the last week, I think. I don't. Last time we recorded the, the show, I don't think he had passed away. Um, I, Dick Slater, I've seen wrestle. Um, not Don Leo Jonathan. Don Leo Jonathan's worth checking out. Um, if you can get, okay. if you can get that old, those old all, J- all Japan classic shows, he's on some of those. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Like he's a, he's a big guy that does like kip ups, like Shawn Michaels and stuff. So, he his nickname was uh what the the Mormon giant. Yeah, he had like uh, big mutton chops and stuff. He wrestled for a long time. Like if you go on YouTube, you can find some stuff with him. Like against um, mm-hmm. there's one with Luthez that's pretty good, and I think there's a Dory Funk Jr. match on there. Wow. Okay. And a Destroyer How? match. And so was he like Pacific Northwest? I think so. Uh, Canada, all Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay, All Japan. Like, what era All Japan? Like, 80s? 70s. 70s, okay. Yeah, and I think he did, uh, like, I think he did, like, the JWA, like, the precursor to All Japan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is he comparable to, like, a, if, to the extent that you could say he's comparable to anyone modern? Mm, I'm thinking... I difficult was... question because back in this back in the 70s it's like a completely different style so the style wouldn't quite be the same yeah probably 
He could be a better working Braun Strowman, kind of with like that crazy agility and stuff, but not like quite as really? big or strong. Hmm. So yeah, rip those guys. Um, definitely check out some Don Leo Jonathan because I think he's worth checking out. A good worker. And Dick Slater, um, you can find him pretty easy because he worked everywhere in the 80s. Uh, I did a quick, literally just did a quick uh, YouTube search. And obviously there are other uh, video streaming platforms out there, but just on YouTube, since most everyone knows YouTube and it's easily accessible, I'm seeing quite a few matches. Um, and they look, based upon the time stamps that I'm seeing, they look like full matches. And they look interesting matchups, things that I would actually check out. Uh, there's a, looks like there's a tag match where it's Don Leo Jonathan and another uh, wrestler versus Andre. And Chief J Strongbow, I'm not in, I'm not excited about the Chief J Strongbow element of that, but Andre's in that match. There's uh, it's Jonathan versus uh, Vern Gagne. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a Destroyer match, which I would actually check out. If the, the, just, the, the, go ahead. If there if if um if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen a Destroyer match, shame on you. Like he is fucking amazing. I'm kind of obsessed with him. Like I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, but the stuff I've seen, I'm fascinated by him. For those who don't know, he was one of not the original, because I mean, obviously they've been doing it a long time in uh, in Mexico. But in terms of like American or Japanese, uh, he's kind of one of the earlier mass wrestlers. Um, extraordinarily good technical wrestler. Uh, he. I, I've heard him. I heard him give an interview, actually, an old podcast with uh, with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho interviewed him, and he was one of the first, one of like the those initial like matches with Ricky Dozen, uh, kind of like the forefather of Japanese wrestling. That uh, I think it had like like half, basically half the country of Japan was watching yeah. that match on TV at any given time. Like he, uh, Destroyer was like it. it Everything going on right now in like New Japan and everything like that, not to like lay laid at the feet of uh, the Destroyer, but people like the Destroyer and Ricky Dozen and everything. And, uh, they were so the good. Sharps. Yeah, they were so popular back in the day, and it it really like ingrained uh, this love of professional wrestling in the Japanese culture. Um, he was like a legit. He was kind of like he's a big deal. He in yeah in Japan he was like a celebrity like legit celebrity he would be like uh, maybe not even a John Cena he was maybe like the rock of his day like maybe not the, maybe not quite like the multi million dollar movie star but that type of like people on the you walk down the street people know who the rock is and not just from the movies like back in the day they probably knew who the rock was and that was kind of destroyer plus he was a good worker yeah he got good matches out of Mil Mascaras oh yeah notorious yeah. like asshole in yeah. <laughs> Mil Mascaris. Yeah, there's like a bunch of uh, Don Leo Jonathan uh, matches on YouTube. Yeah, and he's got some full ones, I think, when the Chicago Archive released all that old 50s stuff, like mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And then the other um, the other bit of news, kind of one that I'm a little disgusted with, but they had the big um, NWA 70th anniversary show this last weekend. And mm. they had Cody Rhodes lose the NWA world title back to Nick Aldis. Yeah. Was it, was that the, I think that was a two out of three falls match. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it was good. I kind of would, 
go well i would see about trying to find it at least when i want to see that match i don't know if i yeah. want to see the entire pay-per-view no, the but of the pay-per-view looks like crap but um uh the issue i think they have which there people were commenting on is that so many of these between the wwe kind of cannibalizing people and then people having their own deals like through roh or impact or evolve or whatever uh there's not a lot of talent out there that's just floating around that you can like throw on tv or pay-per-view and that allegedly hurt uh this nwa show because it's they could get some guys but they can't get a ton of guys because a lot of guys are in a contract with whomever roh lucha underground something yeah and it it really the cody thing i think i think their decision with the title belt was really dumb though because this is what the NWA always does is they get a little bit of buzz mm. and they always screw it up because I mean, no one's excited for Nick Aldis is there is the world champion, but there was, there was some buzz to like Cody doing it and they, you know, they had some good feelings coming off of um, all in and then they kind of put it yeah. out for their follow up. I was hearing that this was allegedly the plan all along to just, have Cody, you know, hold it for like a month or so just to bring up hype for this show or for Billy Corgan's renewed NWA. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't mind Nick Aldis. I think he has some talent. I think the, the problem is like they just they they're la- they just in general like running the NWA again. They they kind of have like a lack of people like a stars. If they could, I like that they were associating Aldis with ROH. I think if they had some sort of like collaborative yeah uh, effort with them that might be more interesting although i mean ring of honor that's a whole other discussion for like another podcast because they kind of have their own issues and outside of like the new japan people and bullet club they're full there's not a ton yeah they're not there's not a ton of people i'm excited to see rh is like falling apart yeah i mean even some of the guys who i thought were kind of interesting uh that could be big stars for them in the future, like uh, Punishment Martinez. Yep, like he's gone. He's yeah. He's now he's with NXT. Yeah. So those are my those are my quick hit items. Um, I just thought yeah. they were both worth mentioning. So, Evolution. Um, Evolution. Was watched, there a dark match? To this? Yes, it was. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Dakota Kai to retain the NXT UK Women's Championship. Okay, did you did you have an opportunity to see that? I did not watch this, the pre-show at all. This says it was a dark match, so I don't think it was on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I I watched this after the fact because I it kind of went how I thought. Like there was a lot of video packages for this. Hmm. So I counted like out of the first seventy minutes, there was only twenty six minutes of actual entering time. Really? Yeah. But some of that was entrances for the um, Battle Royal, too. Yeah, so I, I guess that it, it, it depends upon your perspective. Like, I think it's a good thing that they have the entrances because if you're hyping, yeah, this is the first WWE women, like women's only pay-per-view. You want to make sure that all the women get showcased and, and focused. Uh, but I do think that is a fair criticism that you're bringing up that if you're going to have a, re- a women's wrestling show, actually have some wrestling instead of just video packages uh, and in long entrances. 
Well, the, um, the video packages thing is something that I've really developed a problem with with WWE this year because mm-hmm. so they put out they put out so much stuff in a given week that only hardcore people still watch their product. But then you get to these pay-per-views and they treat you like you're a casual and that you're stupid. And so they take all this time to explain things to you through video packages mm-hmm. when they should just trust the announce team to do that for them. Yeah. Uh, so can we let's I'm glad you bring up the announce team. Can we just start uh, right there? Because that that's something that is a larger issue for me with this, both in generally and specific to this show, specifically to this show. I don't know what value Renee Young adds to this uh, this team it's it was the it was basically the may young classic oh, i was gonna say um, beth phoenix i didn't know what value beth phoenix added okay well it might this uh this might be due to my fact that i cannot tell beth phoenix and renee young no, apart well, just think, by voice so i think when, they need one of them i think when one of them was talking about like she was a fan of actual like women's wrestling and talked about joshi and stuff i think that was renee young yeah you know, there was a couple references to like Joshi on this, and I was kind of like shocked. I was like, "Wow, that's uh, I never thought I'd hear that hear that mentioned on a yeah." I, so uh, maybe uh, maybe it was Ren- maybe it was Renee Young with there was a mention of like British strong style, and I'm like, "Ooh, what what?" Yeah, how are those words even being uttered on a on in a company that won't even allow you to call like the the championships like titles? Yeah. But my, but my problem is I hate three man booths. I didn't necessarily dislike them to the extent that I do now. Now I actually hate them because I feel they are such a detriment to the product now. Like name any any three man team that they have in the WWE at the moment that is worth anything. Like you don't need Byron Saxton or whoever they have Percy on. Percy Watson. As, yeah, Percy Watson. You don't you don't need any of those people on the mic or I mean I'm sorry Renee Young like I don't feel she's needed on Raw well see I feel like if you just put Michael Cole and Renee Young together I think they would actually be pretty good because they have some decent chemistry together Mm -hmm. but I think it's hard it's hard in an announcing thing when you have three because like other sports don't use three typically because when there's two you have a specific you have two you have two specific jobs. You have the guy that's supposed to give you the action and a play-by-play thing, and you have the other guy that's supposed to break it down. And in wrestling, yeah. you're supposed to have the dynamic of one guy favors the heels, one guy favors the faces. So when you add like a third person, what do they do? Yeah, they and they don't add much of anything except they chime in every now and again, and it just sounds. It sounds like they're either reading whatever line they're being fed over their headset, or it, they're just adding some sort of inane point. And like, I'm I'm kind of done with it. Like, it's half the time you can basically just watch these shows without the with the sound off, yeah. and you're you'd be better off. Like, like the only reason they have the sound on, you don't want even you don't need the commentary. You don't want the commentary. Yeah. You might want to hear like the crowd reactions, but that's it. The only time it kind of worked was in WCW for a while when they had Larry Zabisco and Mike Tanay kind of tagging in and out for the third man. And sometimes yeah. you had Dusty Rhodes. Like, I think if you're adding like a wrestler or a specialist to that role, it's fine. But 
and that's definitely how they employed Mike Tanay back in the day. That was actually really cool because you'd have like I don't know Tony or Bobby or Tony and uh, Larry Zabisco doing the the main uh, commentary, and then they bring Mike Tanay on when the Luchadors are having a match, and he would be adding like backstory, and he'd be discussing some of the moves, and it made sense logically, and it worked. And then Tanay would like interject, but he wouldn't dominate. That was fine. This it's not, it's not working. Like again, I I can't really tell Renee and Beth no. apart well, but I, I didn't. I felt like it was just a jumbled mess at times during the commentary on this pay per view. Now you are understating Renee Young's value though on Raw. She got rid of Jonathan. Okay, <laughs> that that's true. She will forever be in my debt. Uh, I'll be forever in her debt. Sorry yeah. uh, for that. Like. I, it, what is Coachman even doing now? I don't know. I don't even know why they brought him back. I don't know either. If they had gave him some sort of like long contract and they're just like eating that. Yeah, I know. I hope, I hope they have him like doing something in the back. Yeah. So the other thing I noticed right away was, well, they had it in the Nassau Coliseum, which is a piece of mm-hmm. crap. I don't know why they did it there. And secondly, that building was dark. People were noticing that. People were commenting on that on Twitter. Um, it was dark. You could see the ring. Uh, the ring was fairly well lit. Everything else was not, which, uh, I mean, the clear, like, at least what you can imply from that is that attendance wasn't great. That they didn't really sell. They didn't move a lot of tickets. Allegedly, Dave Meltzer was saying that as soon as they announced the... Uh, Ronda versus Nikki that tickets started being moved but uh, I don't know I, I, I had also he also in fairness had said that scalpers bought a lot of tickets and were not getting a lot of they weren't making their money back effectively they were kind of heavily discounting tickets I would think based on location too who wants to go to fucking Nassau Coliseum on a Sunday night True. And, uh, that could be a factor. Because it, Nassau Coliseum's on Long Island, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of an out of the way location. Mm-hmm. So it was a bad location, I think. And um, I don't know what the attendance looks like, but that was my first thought: was Wow, I wonder if um, they didn't do it's, so it, hot. It's, yeah, I mean, it's out like in, in Uniondale. It's not. It's kind of out there. I mean, yeah. So I don't know how many. How, let me let me look up while you're adding your thought. How many, uh, like how many people that seats versus somewhere else in the area? Go yeah, ahead. This says it. This Wikipedia says there were ten thousand nine hundred there. So mm. that probably sounds a little. That sounds a little suspect. But that, that was a weird venue because that's like where. Um, that's like where WCW used to run, like when they weren't a big deal in New York. Yeah. This says 14,500, <clears throat> but I don't know if yeah, that's, that's for wrestling. So, that's not, I mean, I mean, it, even let's say like they can get 15,000 for wrestling, that's not terrible mm. with, um, well, I don't know. I, I guess with, you would think Ronda would do better, especially in New York, but I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, look who she, she was also facing, like the Bellas, and yeah, and they even if the Bellas, even if the Bellas are popular, like is that really? 
yeah. who you you like want. And in fairness, is he facing her? Go ahead. And in fairness, too, I don't think they do great attendance for anything but like big pay per views now, too, or pay per views in general. Yeah, they probably do really good business for obviously like the NXT shows and probably the big the big pay per views, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Mania, obviously. Yeah, but I don't even think Royal like Rumble Raw sells out anymore. Oh no, I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, when I did, uh, when we went to my wife and I saw the thousandth SmackDown, that was just like a couple of weeks back. That um, that that was in uh, the Capital One Arena here in DC. That was mostly full, but it wasn't entirely sold out. I haven't been to SmackDown in a long time, but like when I've gone. It's always empty on one side, and you're all on like the, the TV side, mm-hmm. and people would never believe me that didn't go. Like it looked full on TV, yeah, because they put us all on the TV side. Yeah. So, um, I guess we can get into the matches then. So our first match of the night was uh, Trish Stratus and Lita defeating Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Yep. And who, I, the, Alicia Fox was substituting for Alexa Bliss, who got concussed was, earlier in the week. Yeah, out with a concussion. I am. Um, I can't. I have a tough time just calling her Alicia Fox because I want to go Alicia Fox. <laughs> Foxy. No, you remember when uh, Noam Dar was like dating her? Oh, oh yeah. And now was, I remember. Yeah. And so this this sucked. <laughs> this was terrible. Uh, I didn't mind the match. Um, it wasn't great work rise, work uh, work wise. Wow, I can't speak work <laughs> work rate wise. It wasn't great. Um, obviously, Trish and Lita have they've not been wrestling for a long time, and it really showed. Yeah. Uh, Trish looked better than Lita, though. I would agree. Lita was pretty sloppy at points, and almost like dangerously sloppy. Uh, and I mean. Look, I, I we've kind of expressed on the podcast that we're we're all the varying degrees kind of over Alexa Bliss. I really like, give her time off, like let her heal whatever injury she has, her concussion. She had some other like nagging injury not that long ago. Just like let her heal up, let her come back in a little bit. Maybe have her be like an entrant to the women's Royal Rumble, since I'm sure we'll have that again. And her uh, her um injuries have not been minor either because she had something wrong with her arm i remember reading and thinking wow that's kind of serious yeah it sounded like like she had numbness and yeah that was it tingling and all that that's not good there's some sort of that's some sort of like neurological issue and i would be worried about her too in general because she's not very big yeah and um because even like with sasha banks who's not very big she's a little frail and i would worry that if Alexa's like pushing through that stuff, like I think you got to be a little on the ball to make sure that she's not kind of mortgaging her future. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's the end of October. There's only like two more months and December's the year crap just anyway. Exactly. So let her, let her like just rest and have her come back. Like again, with the Royal Rumble and give her by the time you actually had the Royal Rumble, it'd be at the end of January. Yeah. So yeah. she could come back like in early January, not even really do much, just kind of like promote that she's going to be in the Rumble, etc. 
again, give her a couple months off and, and you kill two birds with one stone. You let her heal. I don't need to see her like out on TV when you don't have any plans for her. It'd make her fresher. And, yeah. So she wasn't in this match. It was Alicia Fox, which, it, uh, you know, given that she's been going through these injuries, it's probably better that Alexa was not in this if Lita's going to be like all sloppily yeah. doing moonsaults and things like that. Well, her twist of fate was okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I really came away with uh, in this match, and I wrote it down in my notes, is that Mickey James came to work, and she was working her ass off this entire match to make it, make it even halfway decent. Well, I, I mean, mean she, she was she was the only confident was, worker. That's true. Um, but she was selling her ass off. She was like throwing herself around. Like she was doing everything she had to. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind this. I didn't think, it, I mean, it wasn't great, but I didn't mind this. I thought it was inoffensive. It was, it was basically there to pop the crowd and it did. So, and I think Trish did a good job of keeping it simple where Lita did not. I think that was where the big contrast between the two of them is Trish kept it to the moves that she knows how to do really well. Yeah. And Lita was doing riskier stuff like trying a moonsault and stuff. It's like, eh, I don't think you should do that if you haven't really been in a wrestling ring for 10 years. That's a good point. I mean, maybe just maybe Trish is being a lot more smart. She's like, look, I'm, I'm going to do what I feel comfortable with and what, what makes sense. Well, I'm not going to go. Lita was always kind of sloppy anyway. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I, you didn't care for it. I thought it was, I mean, it's, this is kind of more like a, a TV match, like a raw match, but yeah, my problem it, was it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad enough to be entertainingly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think it was there to pop the crowd because you have a couple of familiar faces that people loved from back in the day. And yeah. uh, it, it, it was fine. I thought, again, I enjoyed Mickey James, like killing herself to make, to make it look yeah. <laughs> decent. So the, uh, not great. Not great. Would you say this is the worst match on the show? Uh, let's look here. I I would say it was by like a country mile. Yeah, I would say the next worst thing was either the Battle Royal or the Six Man. Agreed. I'd probably say the Six Man was the second worst match. But I, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Because the, ba- uh, the Battle next- Royal was really, so we'll get into the Battle Royal. The Battle Royal was a very Jekyll and Hyde event to me. Okay. Because there were moments, like I'd say the first five-ish minutes of the battle royal were really good Mm -hmm. and it looked like it looked like they i mean overall it looked like they kind of learned their lesson from the royal rumble which um was too much i think laying around and they had michelle mccool uh eliminate too many people yeah and Uh, she was she was in this and it seemed almost like they were going to go that route again (laughs) with michelle mccool but, where, um, but I don't know. I don't know if she had any eliminations in this. She might have. It doesn't say on here. I have the order though. Mm-hmm. But where I thought it fell apart was when um, I liked um, I liked Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose kind of teaming up on people. That was cool, and I actually thought. I mean, I don't know if they could redo that. They can't redo this for Royal Rumble, but that was like a great, almost like a Rumble type spot where they're they're clearly teaming up. They were, and it was actually working. They were eliminating people but i felt the double cross turn happen way too quickly yeah it made mandy look like a dope it's like you idiot like half the people are still in there 
Yeah, that's the thing that should be done when it's like you're dead. Well, you're in like the last four or so. Yeah, and then um, I thought when they all started like trying to do like their big spots on each other, it kind of turned train wreck for about the middle half, the middle portion, I'd yeah. say. And then um, it got a little better once they got down to like Tamina and um, Naya causing some havoc. Yeah. Though Tamina sucks. I don't even know why she's back like out there. So when Tamina, no, she's she's awful. Yeah. She's actually awful. Um, and that's unfortunate because when Tamina was out there with Naya and you know, it's like the two kind of Samoan or East Islander Polynesian girls out there. I was like, oh my god, they should. Uh, what if they redid Crush Crush Girls Crush Gals with yeah. uh, <laughs> with Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh, but Tamina's terrible. Yeah, because and I was confused. I was confused as to why she was in there that, that long. Yeah, because they, I mean they did do the cool spot where you thought they were gonna come to blows and they kind of just started beating on everyone else. But Tamina's terrible. Yeah. And then um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. the end stretch. I really think Ember should have won. <sighs> that you know, I think they're still. I think they did a good job in the sense that they clearly, by having her go to the end and almost eliminate Naya, clearly showing that she's good enough to hang with some of their top stars um, in the division, but they're not quite putting her over at that spot. I actually thought that was that's fine. Like if they're not going to give her a good sustained push, and I don't, I'm, I'm okay with them not doing that because I don't know how. I don't know how they would book an Ember versus Ronda feud at this point. Yeah. Like a little bit down the road, I think that that could be interesting, but uh, now not so. But they, I thought they did a good job of kind of keep making her still be relevant. And clearly she has some heat behind her. I don't know. What do you feel about them going to the well again with Naya? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's fine, I guess, if it because I don't know what they're gonna do. I really don't know what they're gonna. We'll talk about it when we get to the main. But I'm not sure what they're gonna do with Rhonda. The problem with Naya is mm-hmm. she shows flashes of what she could be. Mm-hmm. But she's never gonna get there. I, I worry you're right. I think you're absolutely right with her showing flashes. There are times where she shows she shows like sh- some talent where I'm like, oh, well. Okay. There, there's there's like these she... flashes, and it doesn't even last whole matches, but there's these flashes, like, in Battle Royals, and she she didn't quite get it here, but she wasn't set up to. Like, there was that elimination match, I think, a year or two ago she was in, and it all clicked mm-hmm. for about three minutes. Like, the character clicked, like, she was doing it in the ring right, and she was eliminating people left and right, and the crowd was, like, reacting to that. But she can't sustain yeah. it. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, it's kind of it'd be kind of unfortunate if she never does because I actually think there is a space for someone like her. They really need like they really screwed her up by bringing her up because her NXT character was really compelling. Like she was this mm-hmm. she was this big dumb monster living off of pure physical prowess, but didn't have the experience to do it. So like Bailey got her with an arm bar, and then other people would try and get her with that same arm bar. But no, she learned. But then, you know, she had that big match with Asuka 
and Asuka's like kicking her and she's just like, no, come on, kick me again. And then Asuka like puts her lights out. Like it was just this monster, like learning the game of wrestling. And they did away with mm-hmm. that because there was a point where I really thought like she had, I really thought she could have been like a new generation Vader or even like, um, an awesome Kong like level yeah. person, but she just doesn't get there. Like the offense never comes together quite right. They don't give her the right opponents or the right feuds. Yeah, you kind of highlighted, I think, a big, big discrepancy between obviously NXT booking and main roster booking. Um, but yeah, I think those are all valid points. Like i I don't dis, I don't dislike her. I don't dislike Nia. I actually think she's kind of interesting, and I do. I, I'm way more interested in her than some of like the iconics. I yeah. mean, come on. Like I, I I do not care about them. She I, I think there there is a place for her, and I I just worry that she won't it won't click. I'm afraid you might be right because she's not in the right. They're not giving her the right environment to do that. They 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 screwed her up with the bullying thing too. But they're afraid too. They feel like they have to go back and talk about her looks, which I think hurts her. Because like if you go back, if you go back to like TNA's knockout division when Awesome Kong was in there. Mm-hmm. You never talked about Awesome Kong's looks. Like Awesome Kong was just a badass motherfucker that beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Why do you think they're making such an issue out of it? And it's I'm sure it's in reality I'm sure it's a very it's like a multi-answer. I think because many different things. I think because I think because they they're still and it's it's been true this year a lot. They're still stuck in that Divas division thing where they and I think they, I think they can't. I think they feel like the crowd won't accept her unless they can like pull some mental like hoodoo to like um, make people think she's attractive, or they won't like cheer or boo her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worse as a face. Like it got worse as a face. I think. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I think it's partly that a big part of it's that I don't know if it's also like there's there height there's some heightened awareness um, over the fact I mean look Dave, a while back Dave Meltzer made comments which kind of got him in hot water um, and I feel people in the wrestling industry could have had like a a bigger conversation about this because the whole point of like this pay-per-view and in, in specifically it's like women can be you know as good as the men they can put on entertaining matches it's not just about the divas like eye candy it's about you know competent women wrestlers putting on an awesome show that you want to watch you're rooting for these people not because you know the, many of them are physically attractive but because they're extraordinarily talented workers like the fans, by and large, accept that, and yet it's still an industry where it's heavily based on uh, your appearance, it's, it's, and that's that's true for the men, and that that's not just the women; it's true for the men. It's a, it's a meat industry. Yeah, and that that, that I mean, goes a, that goes for everything. Like, um, you know, they they have a look for the well. I mean, I'd say like the men can be even like a more narrow look like Vince has his type like he likes a and I'm talking about the men he likes a muscular guy with a nice head of hair 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the old days of like the 60s or the 70s where you have guys who look like they're long distance truckers yeah. in their day jobs. They would, you know, they're kind of like they're weird, bulky, flabby, but you knew that they actually they were believable as like ass kickers. Like, look at Harley Race. Like, no one's in, no one's thinking Harley Race is like this paragon of athleticism. But Harley Race looked like a dude who could tune you up. Yeah. If you looked at him like side eyed, and probably and, and re- well, in reality, Harley could do that. But that's not how it's been for many years. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if there's like a heightened awareness because for the women, obviously, in recent years, it's been it's been focusing more on eye candy. I mean, there's a there's a reason why someone like what e- Eva Marie was pushed. Yeah. Because she was very physically attractive. She could not do anything inside the ring. So I don't know. I don't know if they're like still, they're like really like defensive about that. So it's like, no, Nia Jax is beautiful. She's a model. And it's like, well, maybe I don't, I don't need to care about that. Like, I just want to see her wrestle and how good can she be as a character? And is, is, is she going to like get the style that she can do down? That's what I care about as a wrestling fan. Yeah. Like I don't I'm not trying to buy like like creepily buy like an eight, like an 8x10 photo of her to put in a picture frame up on my wall. Like I don't need a poster. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. But I mean, it is it is a meat industry though. I mean, look at the problems yeah. Daniel Bryan had. That all had came down to he was a pasty white guy with a goat beard. Like that wasn't there. Yeah. You know, but I, I also wanted to add to this match. I liked when Lana was trying to do the yes kicks. Oh yeah. To utter failure. And, mm-hmm. um, I thought having Zelina Vega, like do that sneak in thing kind of was not the right person to do that, but, I was entertained by it. Yeah. She may not have been the right person, um, but that was kind of fun. And I appreciate that she uh, she almost died for our entertainment yeah. pleasure. Well, that that partly it was probably because I think Tamina like didn't catch her. Yeah. Well, Tamina sucks because Tamina's terrible. But I don't. Yeah. I honestly don't know why they why she why they continue to let her threaten the health of other workers. How long has she been? doing this she was around i mean she was like um naomi's bodyguard when they started the when they brought like charlotte and sasha and those mm. people up because we we're having I'm the looking, same oh. conversations about her then oh, man so i'm looking it looks like she started in 2009 wow nine years and you're that bad yeah because like alicia fox isn't that good, but she's at least confident. Like you can trust her not to hurt someone. Yeah. Well, Alicia Fox is, I feel she's more, it's more about the character than yeah. it is. But yeah. Naomi's good. I mean, she's not great, but she's gotten better because she's worked hard. She's went from being terrible to being confident. I'd even say above average. I would agree. She's not my favorite, but she's she has improved like quite a bit. Yeah. 
over the course of her like her career there in the WWE. But I'd say overall, I I thought this was fun and harmless. That's a good way to put it. It was <laughs> it was inoffensive, but it was still entertaining. I thought it was better than the women's Royal Rumble, which I thought was terrible. Uh, yeah, that I don't think it was. I wouldn't say it was terrible. It was, um, but I did. Yeah, I think the pacing absolutely hurt that. I thought some of the choices they made, like you mentioned about Michelle McCool going all like 1995 diesel or whatever um, in the Royal Rumble. Like, I I thought that was curious. This was probably like for as truncated as it was, because this was only like, you know, 10 minute match or so. Uh, I guess it was 16. I'm seeing a 16 minute match. Uh, This. This was probably booked a little better. I, I even then I feel like there's things they could have done a little better, like like the Mandy Sonia thing that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was entertaining. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was it was okay for what it was. Mm-hmm. I think I would have opened with this though. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That would it still would have been fun. It probably still would have popped the crowd. Because we'll get into it later, but there was some I had some issues with the stru- the way they structured the matches on this show. Yeah. But so we're going to get into the next match, which uh, was probably my biggest disappointment of the night, which was uh, Tony Storm defeated Io Shirai to win the Mae Young Classic. Uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, I went into this match thinking that this had the potential to be match of the night if uh, if Becky and Flair didn't do it. Um, and I wound up being disappointed. It's, I thought it was a good match. It was, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from it. I thought if this was, if you are taking this match, I guess you have to, you have to have it in a vacuum where some of the matches in May young classic didn't happen. But if you just had this match on like a regular WWE pay-per-view, I would have been like, wow, it was a really good women's match. They needed like another five or six minutes to like, let it breathe. I think that's the problem mm-hmm. I had with it. Because the I thought the early going was really good, but then they it was like they hit that five or six minute mark, and then they were like, "Oh, we have to take it home." And then it kind of like it switched gears too much, where they kind of needed that a couple more minutes to really transition from the mat work to the bomb throwing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would agree. Um, and I think you've made this criticism about Tony Storm before when we were oh, reviewing some of the May Young Classic. Yeah, I, I at a couple points in the match, I kind of got that feeling where it's like, I didn't know that she was going to win. I thought, I presumed that she was going to because I didn't necessarily see them having two Joshi stars back to back win the May Young Classic. Plus, I think they're kind of they're really presenting Tony Storm as like a new big thing. Yeah, like I don't know if they have do they have her in the just the. NXT UK or are they moving her to like regular I, NXT? I'm not sure. I don't even know why she's in NXT. She should just be on the main roster. She kind of should, but if they want to kind of build up a new person to be like a the main women's main woman star in NXT, like they could do a lot worse than her. I think she'd actually be perfect for that role. So I could see them doing that with her and so they're they're all everything going into this match, I thought I thought she would win because it seemed like they were really gonna hype her. And so assuming that, I, I assumed that she would win. And then when I was watching the match, I felt like 
oh, she knows she's going to win. So it's like, I'm just, I got to get my shit in yeah. before I uh, go for the finish. I thought her. I agree with you. I think, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought this was. Oh, why? I thought her matches with um, Satomura and Matsumoto were better. Uh, was Satomura. Which uh, which one was that? Was that like the semifinal? Semi. Okay, I've I've only seen this first six episodes of May and Classic. I haven't seen the uh, the semis. The sem- yeah, uh, so I didn't see that one. But I did obviously the one that she did with uh, Matsumoto. I thought was way better yeah. than this match. I actually thought, I actually thought both Matsumoto matches were better than this match. And it just felt like they needed some more room. Like I think is the problem. Yeah, because that's it felt. It felt oddly. I don't know if stilted is the word I want to use. I I agree with you. It needed more time because it, it didn't to me. Like I don't know. Like it almost didn't click. Like it was good. It's. It, it, I feel weird saying this because for a match I thought was actually very good, but I don't know. I felt like I was almost like not emotionally connected to it because it just seemed like Tony was getting her shit in. Yeah. Sure. I was. Sure. I was doing a good job, but wasn't showing some of the fire like I saw in the Mae Young Classic yeah. matches. You know what this you know what this was like? It's like when you see a movie and it's not very good and it's kind of doesn't make sense and then five years later you watch the director's cut mm-hmm. and then you're like, wow, that was a really good movie. The theatrical cut like screwed it up. It felt like I was watching the theatrical cut of a good match that got butchered. That's an interesting analogy, but I like it. That's pretty fair. Um, I, I, yeah, it's odd. I liked the match. I thought it was good. I thought it had a good finish. Um, they just needed more time. They needed more stuff yeah. in there to like give things some context, like some more build. And I think, yeah. I think that's kind of why it didn't click because I think, I think they're used to working in Joshi where this would have been given like 18 to 20 minutes. And they could have like worked 20 a minutes, slower pace. I would say. Yeah. But I mean, it was okay. Like it was probably I'm looking at. I probably would have this as the fourth best match on the show. So this is the last good match before you start getting into the mediocre to bad stuff. Hmm. Because I would say, I would say the three title matches were good. This was good, and then the other stuff was okay, which was the battle royal to it existed with the six woman and then it was bad hmm. which was the opener tag it's fair so the next match was uh riot squad versus bailey sasha and natalia yep so this was this was really a sad moment because you know sasha and bailey um are in an afterthought of a match yeah I mean, if this was like 1990s, mid, like mid 1990s WCW, this would have been like a bigger thing where it's like you have at least a couple main stars thrown into like a six random six man because you wanted to put them on your pay per view. Um, but it would have been fun. It would a match like if like to equate it, it would have been like I don't know, like uh, Sting and Barry Wyndham. Yeah. And like Dustin, Dustin Rose. No, maybe not Dustin Rose, because that would have been like a third bigger star. But like, like Sting and Barry Windham, and I don't know who was in nineteen nineties. It'd been like WCW. It'd been like Brad Armstrong teaming up with. Him yeah, Brad Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, Brad Armstrong. Is is Nat is Natalia um, 
<laughs> Brad Armstrong level. She might be a little better than that. Yeah. Uh, versus like I don't know, like Paul Orndorff. It might be. It might be <laughs> like Sting and Barry Windham teaming up with Brian Pillman in like '92. Yeah. Uh, versus like Paul Orndorff, Paul Roma, <laughs> and I don't know, uh, maybe Terry Taylor or something. But uh, yeah, like it. They should have been. They should have been in something else. Well, or they should have been feuding with each other because that's what yeah. it's leading to. But what, what bugs me about this, though, in the women's division in um, general is, so with this match, the good part was the Riot Squad was doing a lot of, like, cohesive tag work that um, yeah. good teams do. Like, they were doing the quick tags. You know, they were helping their partners out. They were cheating for each other. They, and, you know, cheering each other on. They were doing all those things like a good tag team would do. And it really mm-hmm. made me sad watching it because I'm like, wow, they don't have, like, anyone on their roster that can play off of that. Not really, no. Because there was a lot. I mean, if you go back and watch it, like, if you're listening to this, just watch, like, the stuff they do because this is really... I think the I think the interesting part of this match is watching the Riot, squ- the Riot Squad do their thing. They see. I don't. I don't dislike them. I actually kind of like them. I think they deserve a lot better. Like it. In a different, if the if the WWE book things differently, like they could have a run where you're pushing them as like real threats in the women's division. Oh, if if I was at, booking at this least, division, at, yeah, Ruby would have the. I would have tag titles, obviously, and Ruby would have the women's championship and um logan and morgan would have the tag titles and if there's a secondary title i would probably have it on morgan or logan yeah no i agree but because the way things are like they're not even they're not even like anything really like they're just there basically when it's like you and they were even in like the six man at a, was it super showdown? Yeah. The, the Australia show uh, against Rhonda and the Bellas. And that really was, it was just a vehicle to eventually facilitate the Bellas turn. Yeah. And it's like, really, you could have been pushing. It's three of them. And they're you're, like, you said, they're acting as a cohesive unit. They're clearly like a team. They work well together. Like they, you could be pushing them as like this female triple threat. Um, and you could have, you could certainly have Ronda or whoever is the the champion play off them for at least like three to six months. And and Ruby really breaks the mold of like their division. Like she's unique. She is unique, and I she's actually a good worker. I've seen her before she even came to the WWE. I saw her. Um, I've actually seen her wrestle live, and she's she's very good. I'm not surprised that they picked her up because she's quite talented. You know who they remind? But they're not doing anything. With, I know. You know who they remind her. me of though. Is they remind me of the brood? Hmm, that's interesting. They, with, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Like they have that. I, they have that. No, kind I don't of, feel like they. Uh, they have that cool yeah. kind of like unique like look to them. You know, they have the group thing. They don't have like the cool entrance or anything, but you know, they they kind of have that a similar vibe to them. Kind of like, and they kind of have the same thing like. You have Ruby Riot, kind of the veteran, taking the the younger kids under her tutelage and like molding them to her. 
yeah. her style. I think that's a very good point, actually, because they all kind of have distinct looks and personalities, whereas some of the... some. character is and i don't know what what they're supposed to be like look like dana brooke was in the battle royal and it's like what what's her character like i don't yeah i mean i don't i don't know they then they and what it is but they these three actually have like defined characters and they're interesting yeah. and they are unique and yet they just they're you're right like they're, ba- they're until the riot squad they're like the, they're basically the job squad they're I don't know what they're doing with them. Well, see, in this, are they even winning anything on, on like Raw? Are they no, even winning I don't matches think so. on Raw? But this also is my problem with going back to what I said about the video packages and stuff. Is Michael Cole spent like the first five minutes of this trying to explain to people what the Riot Squad was? Like it goes back to that, like he and he wasn't doing it in a productive way. He was almost like talking down to the audience. It goes back to that idea, like they don't have confidence in their audience to get it. Yeah. And I think they were, I don't know if they're freaking out because they kind of actually do have characters and stuff and not like Mm -hmm. characters you can get right away, but I I just don't know. It's just, they should, I don't think everything in the division should run around them though. At least on the raw side. Yeah. Whatever, whatever brand you're going to put them on. Yes. They should be like the top heels of that brand. But you know, what can you do? Yeah. How did you feel about um, Sasha's performance in this? Uh, I'm trying to remember. There is a, I was talking to kind of one of our mutual um, friends, uh, Chris Zach Malibu Di Petrillo, and he was did not have kind things to say about it. He's like, can we just talk about how Sasha's not good now? And I don't know if that's, I don't know if I would go quite that far, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's because she's been out uh, with an injury, which I'm. It's been reported that she might even have post concussion syndrome or have had that. I don't know. She seemed a little off. She's only been back like a week or two, hasn't she? Yeah, I think so. She seemed like she was a little sloppy at points. Not like Lita sloppy, but yeah, because I really thought Bailey had a good match, but I don't. Bailey, I thought, did a great job in this. She would. She's a great. She's just. She's a great face. She's a great face in peril. And she like she did a fantastic job. Yeah, and she knows how to work around limitations and stuff. I don't really remember Sasha in this match, which probably says that she wasn't very good. I thought she was okay. I think she was. She was forgettable. But I, I only really remember Bailey and the Riot Squad stuff, and I thought Natalia was pretty forgettable too. <laughs> Yeah, she was. I she I think Natalia is good. Um she was just there in the match. Like I don't I can't recall any anything yeah, she's, <laughs> of her participation in this. She's kinda left out in the cold in the modern division. True. Um when given like her pedigree and you know, her family name and I mean she has talent, like you would think that she they would try and push her more in that at upper echelon but yeah. I mean obviously she's not let's be fair I and mean, she's not as interesting or as or as popular perhaps it's like Bailey or Sasha yeah so this was I, I'd put this in the 
I think this was probably better than the opening tag, but I did not care for this that much. Uh, I again thought it was okay, but this was basically more than just like a raw match. Yeah. This is something that, you know, maybe you, th- because, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you want to hype the women. This is something maybe you throw on at like the 9 a.m., 9, 9 p.m. hour. Yeah. Like at the top of the hour to kind of, you know, put eyes on on them, but it's like a raw match. Yeah. So next <laughs> up, we have uh, Shania Baszler defeated Kirari Zane to win the NXT Women's Championship. I actually like this match a lot. This felt like if um, this felt like it was a direct continuation of their last match at the Takeover special. Yeah, and it's uh, the what I liked about that, and if we're if we're going with that line of reasoning, what I liked about the first match or the last match at Takeover, um, Baszler seemed very believable. Like Kyrie Zane showed a lot of fire in that match. Um, and eventually she was basically able to kind of outsmart Shayna with the pin. And we reviewed that, and I said at the time, and I still stand by that, that both came out looking well. Like, Kyrie didn't seem like she got just everything handed to her so that it, she was just steamrolled. It seemed like she played it smart. She showed fire when she needed to. She gave it back to Shayna, and she outsmarted Shayna. But Shayna was believable as just like an ass kicker and someone who could take her opponent apart um, and didn't come off of it too weak. And then here, here we have the the rematch, and I thought Baszler still looked awesome. I thought she's she's very believable to me. I think she's credible um, as just like a tough woman who can just start demolishing people. When she was started working on the arm, like there was a couple spots like, I mean, they... She worked it really well, but it was like cringing. She's like stomping yeah. on the arm. Uh, the the one spot where she's on the ropes and just like has her arm over the the ropes like that. I thought was like a really great visual spot. I thought she was really good. And Kyrie showed fire. Like I thought she did a great job as usual. Uh, towards the latter half when she's just kind of getting desperate and just starts throwing like back fists and everything. But that was great. I think maybe like the the ending there where you have the other two horsewomen, that's when it kind of started getting into like overbooking and the referee, I don't know like, that it was the referee like the referee fucked up there too. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I wish I wish they wouldn't have done that because I really wish this would have been like they played it so good to that point where they could have had Basler win. It could have just been like they've had the same match twice, except like one thing went differently that changed the fortune both times. Like, let's see him do it again. Mm-hmm. But, you know. And they could have had they could have had the explanation that, uh, you know, she like Shayna learned, like she she figured out what she did wrong in the first match or where she she made an error that Kyrie uh, it took advantage of. And that she kind of like closed that loop and was able to regain the title. Uh, I don't know. The overbooking, I think, hurts a little. But I presume that the reason for that was that they're... Are, are we to believe that sometime in the near-ish future, maybe not obviously this year, but maybe the next few months, are we getting like a, a four-horsewoman match? Is that what this is all kind of leading towards? They've been saying that for over a year, though. 
Yeah, but when we're now at the point, I think, how long ago did they start? Two, three months ago, but uh, both Jessamine Duke and, is it Maria, Sh- Maria Sh- Schaffer? How do you, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last either. name. Uh, they're actually, I mean, they're in, they're in the performance center. They're getting trained. I think they've even had a match or two. Yeah, but it depends on how good they are, though. It's true, but you you got to figure yeah, go one ahead. of them is going to have some issues learning, just because you can't get lucky with all of them. That's true, but I mean, they could do like they could do some smokes, smoke and mirrors at least early on. Like they could have, they could have Maria and Jessamine and like a tag team together. If they if the idea is to do like a four, a four woman versus four woman match like they they can they can book that because i mean we'll, you know to hide people's weaknesses yeah because we'll get into it in the the main event but i'm at this point where i'm not going to doubt ronda oh no yeah we'll talk about it yeah um one thing that uh i like the finish um even though it was kind of the the overbook stuff before i liked how they had Kyrie basically do like the the Austin WrestleMania 13. I'm gonna pass out versus tap out. Yeah, uh, I kind of missed. <laughs> this is me just being like liking old school stuff. I'm and maybe it's because they're trying obviously to have a more believable, um, make this more realistic and believable. So they're not gonna go with the old hokey, um, raise the arm and drop it three times like they did back in the day. But yeah. I actually missed that spot. Yeah. I missed that spot a lot. They're. My problem is, and this is a this is a greater problem I've had with the WWE over like the mm. last six months is between this match and the next match, there really could have been some blood to make it better. That I would agree, although there's no way in hell they would ever actually allow that with the women. Well, they don't even do. It. They don't. They obviously they don't do it with the men because yeah. they're in like a PG era. But been, I think they'd be too afraid because they've been they've been killed. That it's it's hurt the Gargano and Champa matches to not have any blood. Yeah, I would agree. But, that's a that's that's supposed to be like a blood feud, and yeah, there's no blood. I know it really it really uh, it really takes away from it. Hmm. But this was this was this was good. I would I would say this is not as good as the next match, but it's the second best. It's the second best match on the show by a long shot. I would I would actually agree. This uh, I thought this would be good, but I was kind of surprised that I at how well it was. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure why I felt that way. Um, maybe just because I had really high expectations for for Storm and and Shirai and. I, I was the same way. Like I was kind of doubting this going in, but it was it was as good as their takeover special match was, and I don't see why I would doubt that they couldn't at least repeat that. Yeah, I would agree. What do you think of what do you think of uh, Shayna Baszler in in general? I was not sold on her in the least when she started. Not at all. She's. I need to see her do this with someone that's not a world class worker. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair, but I think I'm actually uh, I'm actually been fairly impressed with her. I, I I agree. Like I think she needs to she needs just to have some matches with people who aren't like the level of uh, like Kyrie Zane, obviously. Um, but I I actually I think she has promise. 
I have concerns like if they bring her up to the main roster, which I imagine that they would at least by like Mania or shortly after Mania. And like I I don't know what they're going to do with her because they're not going to have her because they're they they need to push the horsewoman angle. Yeah, they're not going to have her feud with Ronda right away. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with her. I guess they there's two brands they could always throw on the other brand have her. I think the other problem that Baszler is going to have away from this is loaded on on raw i think the other problem they're gonna have with her though is um what you there yeah i'm here can you hear me okay yeah i was gonna say the other problem i think they're gonna have with her is um a lot of the other women are not gonna be as willing to just take the stiff shots like saying saying is Mm -hmm. because you get you can bet during this like because that i think that's part of the reason this has been good is they lay it on pretty tight in these matches. And I don't think a lot of other people are going to be willing to just like, be like, yeah, go ahead, give it, you know, just make it look good. I don't care if you tag me good. Yeah. So I think that's going to hurt her a little bit too. Cause I, I think that's part of why these two met the last two matches of them have been good is because on top of like the execution being so crisp, they've worked snug with each other. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I'm actually interested to see where they're going to go. Yeah. With both with Baszler and with actually with Kyrie Zane. What are they going to do? What do you think they're going to do with her? I don't know, because the problem is, I mean, Os- she's I mean, Oscar's probably a better worker, but you're bringing another super worker onto a roster that doesn't have a plethora of super workers. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, with her. With this match, too, I mean, Charlotte and Becky was better. But as far as, like, crispness of execution and, like, the intensity of, like, the work, this was this was far and away better than most of the other things. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I'm curious, too. I don't even know what they're going to do with EO when they start using her or Tony Storm, honestly. I guess I guess when you get them all up they can work with each other. True. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they, they obviously there's room to have good matches with people, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. They're going to see, I think by the time they actually bring up EO and Tony storm, you're maybe assuming they're going to spend, let's say a year or so in NXT, which I could see. Um, by then they'll they'll have moved SmackDown onto onto Fox, so I imagine there's going to be like some big reshuffle by then. Yeah, probably. So you might have the opportunity to balance it out because I don't feel I don't feel SmackDown is balanced at all. Like there's way more. At least it seems like there's way more female workers on Raw. Well, the problem is, or maybe it's just the problem is, is um, SmackDown's very top heavy. They seem to dump the really shitty workers onto SmackDown. Yeah. Just to be lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And that doesn't leave good doesn't leave an opportunity for good matches. No. I really don't think they need two women's belts, honestly. They need like a secondary belt if they're gonna have more than one. I don't really feel like they do either. I I, I mean we're all we're kind of in the level that we were in like the early 2000s where it's just 
it, it's way too many. It actually might be worse. There's there's so many titles. Yeah. If you factor in everything. So you have the two main world titles. You have the Intercontinental title. You have the U.S. title. You have the light heavyweight title. You have both women's titles. You have two different tag titles. Yeah. You have the NXT title. You have the NXT North American title for some reason. You have the NXT tag titles, NXT women's titles. You have a U.K. title. You have a U.K. women's title. Are they doing U.K. tag titles? I don't know yet. Okay, let's assume that they don't. I've literally just counted off 15 titles. Did you count the North American belt that we all forget exists? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a lot of titles. And I think if they... They don't need that. They don't need that in NXT. Like, I don't even know why they're doing that. And if they just had a single women's championship, I feel like they have just about the right roster to ha- to to feed that properly, but not mm-hmm. enough to feed two belts. Yeah. So this is also... I'm going to get into the next issue I had with this show is... The next match should have gone on last. I agree. And on Twitter, many, many, many people were voicing that same concern. And I, I, I absolutely believe it should have been. I understand why they didn't, because it's the world title that they're... Well, this was a world title, but Ronda's obviously being pushed as the main star. So, yes, I get it. We all get it. But this was the real main event, yeah. in my opinion. This is what people wanted to see. It had the emotional um, gravitas, would you say? Yeah. It had the build, like, it should have gone on last. I I love this match. My favorite part of this match is when Mm -hmm. Charlotte and Becky were on opposite sides of the ring, just tossing more and more chairs into the middle of the ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was... um... (laughs) I was chatting with uh, our friend Justin uh, during this, and I literally just like texted him like ECW, ECW, EC. It basically what well, it turned into like the the Terry Funk was a Terry Funk Sebu, whatever. Just yeah. chairs being thrown in the ring. Um, I think your wife brought up a great point. This is one of the best, one of the better women's matches I've seen in a very long time. One of the best. Would you, this is like uh, for women's matches. like gender specific um probably one of the best women's matches i've seen this year certainly in the wwe it's um it's the first time in probably a year and a half i've seen a wwe women's match getting a lot of praise and feel mm -hmm. like it warrants the praise it's getting yeah i want to make a point that we we've made into here on the podcast many times but it's just it's getting increasingly more bizarre is that I still don't understand how they're just nonstop head in the sand pushing Becky as a heel. I know it's ridiculous. And, and, but the dichotomy of that, the weird flip side is that literally no one in the audience or on social media is abiding by that. There, no one is like, Oh, that terrible Becky like what a what a villain. That's because everyone's like Becky's amazing, Becky's the man. Becky is the true like hero here. Like it's it's fascinating. That's because but it's because of the setup. Like people still remember the way it got set up. Like Charlotte screwed her out of her moment. Yeah. That's true. But it's weird. She Becky first off Becky is crazy over when she came out. Like she was insanely over. She might be 
she might legitimately be the most over person on their roster right now. You know, she's top three. If she's, if she's not the most, she was, uh, she's pretty up there and she's, she's somehow they have made her almost like into a female Irish version of a stone cold. I was going to say like she's getting that level of at least like being popular as a counter culture character. I was going to say they've almost stumbled back into the Daniel Bryan situation mm -hmm. where the more they try and like do something, the more the crowd rebels against it. Maybe that's something that's a part of it. Um, It must be. I, I will say this at a, at the, at the SmackDown 1000 show that I went to when they had uh, the cutting edge uh, segment with edge where she was being interviewed. Um, she was massively over there too. But the problem there and, is like the burn she got in on edge. You couldn't hate her for that. Like that was, Oh no, the crowd at live. I don't know if they like cut them, uh, lowered the, the response down. The crowd loved that, loved <laughs> that burn where she was like, uh, when you leave the ring, like we tried not to injure your neck. <laughs> it was like, wow, people loved it. But you know what? The, you know, you know why she's so over too, though, is because, well, the crowd wants to cheer, but they make yeah. their faces look like such losers. Like you have this, you have this character that's taking shit from no one, mm-hmm. and is like giving it to whoever gets in her way as good as the heels give it to people. Like they're not going to boo that. Like it's this person that got shit on for like two years straight on the product. Wasn't getting her moment. And now she's, Mm. she, she stood up for herself and she's taking it. Whether, whether, you know, anyone else wants to give it to her or not. Like, why are people going to boo that? I agree. I I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why they're choosing to book her the way they are. I don't know. They just they don't know what they're doing. No. But at least the fan at least the fans are responding appropriately. She's more over than Rhonda is, honestly. Yeah. I would agree. And I I actually we'll talk about her in a second, but like I actually have no issues with Rhonda. No. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. Like I think Becky is probably in, in terms of the women, the most over that they have on the roster. And she dwarfs a lot of the men. Yeah. And this is like, in terms of popularity, remember like they Rusev got massively over this year and they did nothing with it because he got over by himself. Yeah. He wasn't, it was a planned. And, but even then you, I thought they were going to be doing something because, you know, they had that happy Rusev day t-shirt which blew up i mean i bought one uh i saw plenty of people walking around with them yeah Uh, i'm sure it made a lot of money uh and then they still did nothing with them yeah i don't i don't get how they work sometimes i don't know whether it's just their they have their ideas and they just want to stick to it i don't know if it's like they want to play things safe and it's control as much as possible because they're a publicly funded traded company yeah i don't know i don't know it i just feel i mean it's been said before and a lot of people 
well, even people in the industry will say it, but like there are things they do that just are mind-boggling, ridiculous. Right? Yeah, and starting with things like the scripted promos and on down from there. Yeah, that's gonna. And I was just thinking about that today about how bad that's gonna fuck Velveteen Dream. And if I had him, I'd just be like, I don't care what you do. You got ten minutes. Go be you. <sighs> yeah, he's someone who I hope. I I mean I don't imagine they'll bring him up a moment before, you know, after Mania. Like, after Mania in 2019, possibly, um, I think he'll be safe in NXT until then. I, I do have concerns, because I think he is tremendously talented. And they don't understand, like, what he brings I, to In ring work, I think he's still getting... Yeah, I don't think they do. He He can hold up his end of the deal, though, in a match. You just can't expect him to carry a lesser worker... Yeah, but he's how old is he? Oh, he can't he's be, super young. He's like twenty one, maybe. I think he's a little bit older, but I'm gonna. I'll let me look it up right now. I, I'm gonna guarantee he's not older than like twenty two, twenty three. But they, just his force of personality, like, is amazing. Oh, his his charisma. He's he could. I fear I fear how they're gonna use him, but if. If the stars were aligned, if they like allow him to be who he is, like he could be like a one one of those like once in a generation talents where he's just so charismatic. Like he could he could make them a lot of money for a lot of years. Well, it's, it's the he's charismatic and he has such command of it. Like he understands like how to use it, which I think is where a yeah. lot of guys go wrong. Yeah, uh, I'm looking up right now. 23 years old, just turned 23 Damn. in August. That's crazy. Yeah. That's uh, and I, uh, full disclosure, I am a big, I'm, I'm a big fan of him because I think he's super talented. But I'm also a fan of him because he is, a, he actually is a DC resident. Well, not DC resident, but he was a DC native. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I kind of have like a hometown <laughs> interest in him. So did you wince when Charlotte like did that moonsault and the, that awful table the, spot happened? Oh, and the, the table didn't break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know they tell you in the business like you're never supposed to like repeat a spot um but they they were determined to break that table so she did like a like a cannonball basically a senton or something that's what made but i thought that was fine that's what made sabu so charming in his day though is when something would go wrong and he would just keep doing the same spot over and over again to try and get it right yeah but um yeah that made me went i really liked um I really like that they didn't take the time to set the chairs up and they just kind of started tackling each other into the chairs. Yeah. And um, the ladder spot was cool, but there was some awkwardness there. Yeah. And the editing really fucked up because they showed the ref trying to help Becky out because they got a little too far away from the chair. Oh, I saw that. That yeah, people uh people on social media caught that immediately. Um And this Was it Who was the ref here? Was it Mike Kyoto? Mike yeah, yeah, Kyoto. He, f- and he fucked up people down did, the road too with Yeah. His. But people did see him effectively like kicking a chair closer to her. But I did like I did like how they didn't do anything crazy with her hitting her with the chair. She just did that subtle bam like right into like the bone of her ankle to like, yeah. break the hold. Um, which I thought that was pretty good. I like the, um, the double leg drop through the table spot was good. 
Yeah. And then I liked her just like throwing like chairs and shit at her and like just piling stuff on her. I like that spot a lot. Um, and I thought it was really fun in this match. It was really good. But they, after this match, they need to retire it because uh, they did that same spot with the last Gargano Champa match. Yeah. But, which I thought I liked it there too. But, but now this is. They can't be. This is mm-hmm. where the ref pissed me off, though. Is Charlotte was laying there for a good, like, two minutes, and the ref wasn't counting, and she wasn't moving. Yeah. Oh, and then she she finally got up, and then basically is kneeling. And he's like, oh, she's up. Yeah. She beat the 10 count. That was kind of... And I think people people on social media were like, oh, okay, well, I guess... I guess kneeling counts now. But the problem with that was, is then when it was time for Charlotte to lose, she was literally on her feet and he kept counting. Yeah. She basically had to do like a, a flare flop to get the loss. See, now I do have a problem with the ending to this is I felt mm-hmm. like the power bomb through the table, which I like how they set that table up earlier in the match mm-hmm. or the table. We should go back to that after this, but I hated how a powerbomb through the table ended it when the double leg drop through the announce table didn't finish it. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that happens in matches sometimes, like one of these like more hardcore or no DQ matches or something where it's like a brutal spot, which it should have been the end. Yeah. And because it's, I don't know, they want to they have another... Uh, kind of a thing to pop you down the road that doesn't put you away they gotta wait another but it, it, it feels contrived almost where it's like come on like what more what more brutality do you need to see like that should have realistically ended I know this isn't real but yeah. you're supposed to suspend disbelief it's supposed to you can suspend disbelief only so far yeah but then it just starts becoming silly I, I did like going, we're going to rewind now. I liked how when they were doing the chairs the whole time, the crowd's chanting, we want tables. And they waited just long enough to make the crowd think they weren't going to get a table. And then Charlotte pulls the table out and the crowd lost their shit. <laughs> yeah, I felt, minus obviously some of like the spots where like the ref was off or whatever. I did feel like this was a well, like a well-booked match. Like whoever the agent was who laid this out, did a really good job and whoever laid it out did a good job of like getting into the crowd's head and mm-hmm. kind of like fucking he like giving them what they wanted but like making them think they weren't going to get what they wanted right before they they got what they wanted mm-hmm. like the table and um stuff like that now this is another match this would have this needed blood yeah, again, like they'll they they will never have at least like intentional blood in a women's match. I, I think they're just t- too terrified of that. But, but you're right. This if any of the if any match, if any woman's match out there would have had it, it would have been this last woman standing match. And if if I was if I was Becky or Charlotte, I just would have done it and been like, oh, I got busted hard way. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would have done it. Yeah, is but that would that would have added like an extra level. Like, I, although I don't know, I I I I think you're right. I think it would have added a lot of drama. But I don't know if they would have allowed the match to continue. I could see them like freaking out and calling the match. Oh, that would have sucked. But I don't know. What did you? It would have. What did you think about it? 
Um, the match itself? Yeah, or? like, is there any parts that you thought were memorable or uh, good? Not not necessarily outside of what we already talked about. I just, I, I really was a huge fan of it overall. I liked all the spots we talked about. I liked even just, like, the basic stuff. Like, when they were kind of, like, brawling outside um, the ring. And it's after they've been fighting a bit. So it's believable that they're worn down and, like, there's not a lot of gas left in the tank. They're trying to fight each other. And they're just, like, throwing, like, throwing just punches. Like, limbs are flailing. Um, I thought Charlotte's facials in this, and during that, especially that stretch, were really good. Like, there are times when she looks eerily, like, to me, she looks eerily like Flair. Yeah. Um, like Ric Flair. Uh, and I thought that was cool because she actually did this thing that I we've seen him do before where she's just getting punishment, but she's kind of just like motions, like, bring it on. Give me more. And I thought that was really cool. I like that she broke out. It felt like she had kind of gotten in a rut with her offense and, like, her matches, and this felt like she really broke out of that nicely. Yeah, I agree. And I will say... My biggest compliment to this match, and this is a huge compliment, and it's not going to sound like it, I knew that this match was 28 minutes going into it, and I was shocked when it ended. I couldn't believe that, like, 28 minutes had gone by. This was 28 minutes? It was 28 minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that obviously it flew by for me, too, because I had no idea. Like, I thought I had a ways to go, and it ended. I'm like, holy crap, that was 28 minutes? I was shocked. This was definitely my match of the night. Oh, definitely. This is probably... See, the problem is it's not been a good year for WWE matches. This is probably... I would probably put this in my top 10 for the year. It's probably... Uh, For WWE? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's more than fair. Probably best women's match. I would have, I would say my best women's matches for the year are this, um, Charlotte and Oscar from Mania, uh, Matsumoto, and Tony Storm. Those would be my three like top top ones. Those are all good. If you had to give, if you had to give this like a star rating, I'd say f- which we don't really we don't really do that on the podcast, but I'd give it four and a fourth. I would agree. It would, I would maybe need to see it uh, again to see if I'm going to add or subtract any of that, but the, I, it's at least a four-star match. The, like, I wouldn't go any lower than that. The weaknesses in this match were there were a couple of flubs, which mm-hmm. happens. It happens in five-star matches, too. But the problem with the flubs were the ref made it worse. Like, Mike Kyoto really did hurt this match with some of his... his the things he did. Like, if you want to... If you want to... A good example of a referee hurting a match, this is a good example, because he did not perform well. Yeah. I, I Ultimately, I don't think he... He obviously didn't take away too much of it. It's, I mean... But, yeah, and, that, that was kind of like a little a minor quibble. But this is, this, is, uh, this is a match that's absolutely worth anyone's time to go yeah. out of their way to see and i'd also ding it for a bad finish if you give it a better finish um a little blood a better ref i'd probably and maybe fix a couple of the little flubs like the 
the moonsault and the ladder awkwardness, I'd be willing to, with some minor corrections, I could see this being four and three-fourths with some of those things fixed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, that's nitpicky. It's still a great match, but I'm really kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of what hurts it. Yeah, that's fair. And then we're left with the main event. Yeah. I really wish Ronda would get some, like, legit ring gear. Uh, yeah. You would think that they would... You think they, they would, like, give her something, right? Like, Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, eventually they're going to have, like, action figures and all sorts of things of her. I, so I'd imagine you would she'd think have that... the, the shirt and the, the, the kilt for an action figure. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought this was, I mean, you could tell the crowd was a little deflated for this one. Uh, I I thought this was, this is the match where I feel like I'm not going to doubt Ronda's ability to have a good match with just about anyone anymore because I thought this was better than it had any sort of right to be. (laughs) That's, uh, that's interesting you say that. I, I actually completely agree I did. I was not. I was not interested in this match. I'm not. I don't really care about the Bellas. I'm, I'm, if people do, like, I don't. I don't disparage that. Um, I just don't think the Bellas. To to me, I, I like. I like people. I like men or women. Um, I like women or men who can actually work. Yeah. Like, and that's not. A, I mean, not everyone needs to be obviously in the wrestling industry. There's plenty of people. There's different roles to fill. You don't need to be like a great worker. Like Lana, for example, I think she's a great character, a great valet. She should never. She shouldn't be in the ring. No, never. Yeah. No, not at all. Like back in the day, like grow, me growing up, someone like Miss Elizabeth, fantastic valet. She never wrestled, um, I don't think. She never did, but you never, you never wanted her to. No. Like, then why would you? I, I had to think. Um, of, I had to think for a minute about that mixed tag with Sapphire and Dusty. I'm like, oh no, that was um, Sherry Martell. Oh. Yeah, uh, the Bellas like I don't think they're I don't think they're real great in the ring. They're not the worst. They're not. Well, I mean, Bree, they're not Bree's worst. terrible. Nick Nikki's okay. Nikki is okay. Um, but I, I I'm not interested in seeing Nikki like in a main event. No. That said, this match wound up like you said way better than had any right to be. And I I'm I'm gonna lay it at the feet of Ronda. And I I've kind of I think I've kind of like said this at the on the podcast before i think it's time like it's time to really have a legit at least throw it in the ring ronda rousey like rookie of the year because i know that she's been booked very carefully but it's not all just creative booking and over protection like she i think she's just good like she's she's not look she's not kurt angle rookie year good because that I I don't think I've ever seen anyone be as good as Kurt Angle was in his first year in the wrestling business both in terms of like character talking ring work but she is she surprised me on like every different level like I had no idea what she was going to be like when she came in and I think she's great like she's obviously she's believable in offense but the thing that this match really actually impressed me was like she sold 
exceptionally well for Nikki Bella. Yeah. And it at no point, and I found it very believable. And it, I guess in concept you shouldn't because it's like, oh, this is a legit MMA star. But she was good enough that it was believable. Like she seemed like she's she's generally getting uh, her ass handed to her by Nikki until obviously the comeback. But I'm I've been I was super impressed by Ronda. It, this wasn't. I would say this was a. I would actually say it was a good match. It's not like it's not going to be Becky, Charlotte. No, like it's not. Like it's not going to be in the same discussion. But uh, this is not a this is not a pay per view main event that I was like that's terrible. Why did they put this? It, it, I think Becky and and Charlotte should have been last. But yeah, I, I thought this was a good match. But I, what I thought was good here was so the general feeling you got when Nikki was on offense is she's pretty much she's pretty much wrestling with an alligator. And mm-hmm. she's doing okay, and her sister Bree's kind of helping her keep her advantage. And that's where like the danger came in was kind of Bree mm-hmm. being on the outside. So, like I said, it felt like it felt like if you watch one of those old crocodile hunters and he jumps on the back of a crocodile and it's kind of rolling around and he's holding on for dear life. That's kind of mm-hmm. what this felt like. But I liked what I what I really liked though was when she finally had enough and like. Samoan dropped both of them. Yeah. And uh, Brie was like, no, no. And, you know, she just like drags her up. And then when she gets uh, Nikki in the corner and then, uh, oh, what did Nikki do? Did she say don't hit me or something? Or where she did pretty much just slapped her. Yeah. And where I think she really does a good job. And I think it's underrated because a lot of MMA workers have not been able to do this well. Is she... She very, she very, she does a very good job of implementing like an MMA style offense into a match and making it work within the confines of pro wrestling where a lot of other Mm -hmm. MMA guys try that and it's boring. Can you give me an example? I don't disagree. Like the judo throw is a good. The judo hurt. Oh, her judo throw. Well, I mean, she's like, she was, what didn't she, didn't she, uh, actually participate in the olympics or my maybe i don't remember i thought she did let me i can look that up really quickly i thought she actually was did she actually competed in the olympics in judo so she's obviously just like world-class talent in judo but yes her throw looks amazing And when she gets them in the corner and she kind of picks them apart like she's kind of doing like an mma stance Mm and kind of doing the more dirty boxing and obviously the arm bar and the way she does that's entertaining but like mm-hmm. she, so like those are things I would consider an MMA style thing, and she, I think she implements those pretty well into a match. And I think what's really understated is she. I mean, I know someone lays it out for her, but she goes from point A to point B to point C really well on offense. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. At, at no point. Uh, yes, yeah. I'm sure they're laying it out for her but at no point does she seem lost or confused yeah and she doesn't hesitate like it's a very crisp mm-hmm. nice execution and I, I know she's probably going safe with that but they're they're like if you go back to like alicia fox from earlier like there's a hesitation mm-hmm. there or even some of the ladies in the the battle royal like there's a hesitation to everything they do even like the safe stuff you know you saying that actually makes me think about last episode or uh, two episodes ago when we were talking to Chad about uh, 
being actually in the ring and his story about how some people just they're terrified of bumping yeah and so it you know it hurts obviously their growth in their career uh because they never kind of progress and that's that's definitely not Rhonda. like she she doesn't hesitate like you said she she goes all out in there i'm just i i'm again this is a really impressive match and i mean she she sold well for nikki's crap ass offense too I think that that yeah. really needs to be said again. Yeah, it's underrated. Like her selling was underrated because she made she was doing it, and again, it seemed believable. Even though you know, <laughs> Nikki is not not anything to like write home about. I had this um, I had this real paranoia about nine fifty five last night. I'm like, oh my god, these I don't know how I got stuck on this either. I'm like, oh my god, these fucking idiots. They're gonna put the belt on Nikki because they think that's gonna be compelling, and we're gonna be stuck with the freaking bellows for another six months i'm yeah i was a little i was worried about that too because if you if you look on like wwe's uh website their merchandise shop there all of a sudden there's like five different new bella shirts and it's like oh no they must think that the bellas one way or the other going to be around a while i think they're going to continue this uh, feud a bit uh maybe uh, uh breaking news though it looks like at least for SummerSlam, they're doing a champion versus champion match so it will be ronda versus becky okay survivor series you mean yeah oh what did i say uh summer slam oh summer slam no <laughs> that that'd be plenty long term yeah. um yeah so survivor series i guess i presume it's going to be they're going to continue the raw versus smackdown Theme. Well, they did their little clink the title belts at the end, and then of course Stephanie yeah. had to get her face on the show at the end with like the curtain call thing. Yeah, you kind of knew that was expected. And, I mean, that's and I, it, I, this was. I'm not going to say the show is amazing or anything, but that really, that was a really obnoxious end to this show. Uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like patting themselves on the back. Yeah. For the for having this, which if you if you want to be fair, I guess they deserve a little bit of a pat because I mean they they have they have progressed a lot as a company in terms of actually having women booking women presenting women not just as divas or eye candy but as competent workers who can go out there and perform on their own right and this that was basically like the story of this pay-per-view so in that paper in in that sense the pay-per-view in my opinion is a success i think overall because there was at least four good matches out of seven i it's definitely like it's a thumbs up to me um some people are going a little crazy. Like some people on social media are being like, "This is this, it should be in contention for best, best pay per view or best show of the yeah, year." Yeah, it's not. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like, not. I'm sorry, but if you saw Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion this year, that blows, that blows everything out of the water. I, absolutely. But even if we're just limiting it to WWE, like I feel SummerSlam was better. I felt Hell in the Cell was better. I honestly, if you even want to go a women's show, Shimmer One Hundred from WrestleMania Weekend was probably a little better. Mm, I haven't seen that, but Shimmer has put out really good products before. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, and I expected that because 
we've we've talked about it on here before like but it does get graded on a curve but i think and i mean when when we talk about it you have to understand like matt and i have seen quite a bit of joshi yeah like, we've seen like this confidence stuff and like really like it, it it's a good show like you should watch it if you haven't seen it just fast forward through all the video packages because they are, they're quite obnoxious on this. <laughs> they take up time. And, and they're, they don't add anything really. Yeah. Cause I think you could probably blow through it in an hour and 40 if you cut out the entrances and the packages, but I mean, it's, it's worthwhile. I would say honestly, just watch Becky Lynch and Charlotte flair. If you had to, if you had, a, if you had, if you could only watch one thing. Yeah absolutely watch that one yeah yeah but it's not it's not show of the year and like i said i liked SummerSlam better i think at least two of the takeovers were better i would and uh yeah I, we're yeah that's what I. Said. we're kind of gonna send and only in the sense that we have seen like a lot of good women's wrestling so we're we're not judging this in any other way than just we would judge any any like wrestling product out there that we feel is putting out something better than the WWE per se. Yeah. But it was it was I will say it was nice to have a show that was kind of um free of the baggage of bad WWE booking. Mhm. Because there were some things I disagreed with that they did here, but um it wasn't like a typical pay-per-view where you're just frustrated by the end by what they did. Yeah, that's true. And like I said, it was probably, I would, now I will say it's been a bad year for my enjoyment of WWE pay-per-views, but this is probably, I would go SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell, and then this probably. If we're just going main roster. That's pretty fair. If we're counting, if we're counting the takeovers, I would maybe slide the takeovers into yeah a third or fourth spot. I would take two takeovers over this, and it, I might take the one before SummerSlam over this. I did not like the one from June that much, though. Mm, yeah, and um, I will also say this only being three and a half hours. Whoa, what a difference that makes! It was. <laughs> It felt like a breeze. Yeah, it started at seven and it was done shortly after ten. Yeah. I think it was done by like yeah, 10, I, yeah, initially I thought they had, they had made mention that it was gonna be like an, a three and a half, four hours, but it was not, which I appreciate because I again I feel like they're they they're bloating the pay-per-views kind of do absurd lengths nowadays. And it's back in the day. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of fine if you're doing it for like the main four, the big four, rumble mania, SummerSlam survivor series, but you don't need like, even though it was a good show, you don't need like hell in the cell being like five hours long or anything like that. No. So I'm glad they, they cut, they cut this shorter. Yeah. Because like, then you're getting stuff that doesn't deserve to be on pay-per-view. Like you're, you're running like rematches, the stuff that shouldn't have even been done. A second mm-hmm. time, like it just causes problems. But I would say, I would say, thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, I would say cherry pick the couple of good matches from the May Young Classic, then watch this. Mm-hmm. Skip the opening tag though. 
Yeah, that's skippable. Well, I think it. Um, I think that's it for us this week. I think we're both in agreement. Thumbs up for this. Thumbs up. Yep, absolutely. Thumbs up. Um, next week is going to be Halloween Havoc 1995. Uh, that is already in the can. There's going to be a little more Halloween talk. I know we got in-depth this week. Um, past that, we are going to be doing a November to Remember ECW pay-per-view later in November. And um, I really don't know what we're going to get into past that. I think we might try and get a what a maneuver in. I think we've spent a lot of time talking about the modern product, which I don't know about you, Matt, but I find that a little boring, especially like the last six months. Yeah. And we're kind of entering into like the holiday season where there's not going to be a lot going on. It'll, it'll, the modern stuff will probably pick up obviously in January when they start the, the road to WrestleMania and all that. Uh, And also, uh, you know, Japan will have a big show in January. I think they usually have, is that is Wrestle Kingdom in January or December? It's January fourth. Yeah, so they'll have their big show. So the next couple months for modern day stuff, maybe not as exciting. So we can we can slide in some of the other good stuff, like what a maneuver, maybe some more old reviews, like the ECW show. I'm looking forward to that since I was not the world's biggest ECW fan. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna give that a critical a critical eye. And we keep saying we're gonna do like a video game episode, but we never kind of get to it. So. Um... I would like to get to that eventually. Maybe another bag of holding. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that too. That would be fun. But uh, stay tuned next week. Like I said, Halloween Havoc. And then we will hopefully be back with Shad the next week. But, you know, new kid, not a lot of sleep. So don't be surprised if he's not if he's in and out for the next couple months. Yeah. So with that said, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Adios.